Welcome to the Human Design Experiment, a podcast about real-life stories from women deep in their own unique experiment. I'm your host, Cassandra Russell, and my aim for this podcast is to take the complex human design system and make it relatable through stories, so you can feel empowered to start or dive deeper into your own unique human design experiment. Welcome to the Human Design Experiment podcast. I have the lovely Ali with me today. Welcome. Thank you. No worries. I'm so excited to have this chat. Um, it combines two of my great loves, which is like hearing um, like women's stories and how they've sort of come to be where they are and then combining human design. So it's like my two favorite things. Um, so let's just start from the beginning. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how human design found you? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so my name's Ali McKelvey. I am a um, self-projected projector with a 3-5 profile in human design. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a single mama of one little boy who's four and he is my total world. I love him to pieces. Um, so a bit about my background. I was a federal agent Um I was in the AFP for 16 years and I left um, that in a week before COVID hit in uh, 2020 um, because in 2019 I had this download of information that said you have to leave where you are right now and move to um, this particular place in Queensland um, and leave your long-time career. And I just knew it. I just had to had to trust it, and I managed to convince the other half of the time um, to come to, for us to move our family. Um, he didn't have a job. I didn't have a job to go to, and um, yeah, just we left in 2019, and and then it's all unfolded since then. So I'm now a um, I'm called the holistic investigator. So I have my own modality, which is called holistic investigation. It is a combination of human design, German new medicine and kinesiology. So I am a kinesiologist, Mm -hmm. but I've combined the three things that I have found to be the most potent for me in my own Mm self-healing and with my clients and created um, a new modality from those three things. Wow. That's incredible. Not where I thought the story was going to start. This is why I'm so excited for these conversations. (laughs) (laughs) so I feel like this could go so many places but like where in that um part of the yeah like when you had the download and then you were going to leave that job and move like did you know about human design before that or is it did it come after how did that come in yeah so um I was known as gypsy in the the police um because I was a real hippie cop um I did not fit in into that world in any way shape or form so it was a pretty um, interesting time for me. You know, there were parts of the job that I absolutely loved and I didn't know human design when that, um, when that happened. But I also have been a naturopath um, whilst in the place, like I did my naturopathy degree. So I've been in that natural medicine world for, you know, over 20 years and um, it's always been, well, not always, actually. I had, I've had four near-death experiences and one of those um, experiences was halfway up the Inca Trail in South America, um, up a place called Dead Woman's Pass. And I had an anaphylactic reaction to um, the altitude sickness tablet because I'm anaphylactic to sulfur-based drugs. And so anyway, 
cut a long story short, um, after that trip, I was very ill and um, I start, decided to seek other alternative medicine and that's what started me on the path of um, holistic medicine. So, yeah, it's just been unfolding over a really long time and then in the last few years when I've really just, like, thrown myself into it and just let go of everything of who I was and just like allowed and actually followed my design. So um, i had already started to do that and I found human design, um, I think at the end of 2020. Um, yeah, I can't remember exactly, but like it has sort of come to me a couple of times and I'd be like, oh yeah. And then um, I did, oh, I'm sorry, I did a course with uh, Phoebe Coon and, um, and that's where I was like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> everything just made so much sense and um yeah so I've, I have not looked back I have been fully living my experiment um since then and you know with every, everything that comes with so just following the whole um waiting for the invitation mm. and really listening to my g-center so um I've finally realized why I, like that's where I felt anxiety and um and just like it's like this for me it's always just been this absolute knowing mm -hmm. of things and it's been very hard for me to explain to someone what you know what that actually is yeah do you know like it's like oh, I yeah. just like it's like I can feel it like it's um and having uh, my partner who was a so him and I um recently separated and he is a splenic manifester <laughs> wow <laughs> so we um yeah <laughs> I guess we're never destined to be long term <laughs> um yeah so that has been a very interesting journey and seeing you know why why we don't um mm. gel in a lot of ways and so it's really opened my work up into the relationship side of things so I offer a course called relationship redesign mm. all that seeing the composite energies and how people can if they want to make it work or if they don't you know it's like finding out you know really looking at your charts and is it going to be too hard or is it not is it something mm. you can work on sort of thing so yeah absolutely and I there's again so many places I could take this <laughs> next question but I I am I, I'm fascinated by connection charts too because I think it's taken a lot of angst out of my life seeing how I connect with my partner and also my kids um that was really the the turning point for me was like our emotional connection and how that dynamic dynamic uh, dynamic plays out in our family. Um, so before or around the time that you found human design, were you like experiencing a major struggle or anything, or were you really out of alignment with your G center? No, I would say that. So in 2020, I just took a complete sabbatical of, um, of career and just like, just, went fully into my own self-discovery and wow. I did breath work um a series of breath works with another with a practitioner three three times a week for like three hours each time and um wow. and so I really you know like being in the in the place for a long time and seeing things that I've seen and experienced was a, like a real cleansing of everyone else's trauma and realizing that um, being in a, like having an open emotional center, just yeah. how much I had taken on other people's shit, you know? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah, and that was that was that was a big big eye opener for me when I found human design. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say I was. It was probably more in terms of the professional development that um, how I found it. Yeah, that um, I knew that I have this unique gift and this purpose in this life because I'm I've always been that way. I've just never utilized it mm. in the way that I am now, and. Um, yeah, so that, that's what drew me to it originally. And then it's just because it resonated so deeply, I really, yeah, changed really fast, really, yeah. really, really fast. Yeah. And manifested things really, really fast because I finally just let go of that pushing the way that, it, you know, being conditioned like a generator and started to actually live my... <laughs> and also the, the thing I love about it is that as you can probably guess already, that um, as a self-projector, projector, just being able to talk yeah. is like my way of understanding myself. And mm. I was always told to shut up as a child and mm. just stop talking and, you know, like or coming also from a big family where you didn't get that. And so there was a lot of, you know, confusion and anger and frustration in me um, because of that. And just, yeah, just the the insights it gives you and the permission that it gives you to be yourself. And I know that so many people say the same thing about human design, but um, really it's such a great tool to be able to truly understand and love yourself. Mm, Absolutely. And it's like, I think in the um, personal development, spiritual space, like quote unquote, loving yourself gets thrown around a lot. And I think, I had sort of come across that like for quite a few years before I found human design. I didn't really understand it. Um, it was kind of just like this airy fairy thing that I just couldn't really grasp. And then when I found, when human design found me and I was like, oh, I get it. I like to actually love myself. I need to know myself. Like I need to know who I am. Um, and like you were talking about, um, like, like you need to speak. It's part of who you are. But as a child, that was a thing that you were conditioned not to do because it wasn't appropriate, acceptable, like whatever the reason. Um, And I'm also fascinated by the part of your story where you said you had a lot of um, or carried a lot of emotions from your job because obviously it was a high-pressure, intense situation type job and just having a completely wide open solar plexus. Like, So if we could we go there for a minute because I'm absolutely fascinated by the solar plexus. It's been the it was really the entry point into my experiment for myself because I have an um, undefined solar plexus and three out of the five in our family have a defined solar plexus. So it's a huge player in our family dynamic and my own healing journey. So what did that look like for you? Like you said, you did the breath work to help clear out um, those emotions, but like before you sort of found human design or once you'd found it, like what does it feel like or did it feel like to you when you were taking on other people's emotional energy? Yeah, I saw it as my own. So, you know, it was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, you know, being so like frustrated and angry at times and just being like really upset by certain things and just taking them so, well, they felt personal, but on the outside I put up this really brave, you know, face of, well, no, that's not me. What off ducks back kind of thing. So it was kind of that real like, um, I don't know what the word is, where where you're just not, it's just inauthenticity. You're yeah. not just being who you are because you're not 
understanding <laughs> or yeah. why, why you're acting a certain way or why you're feeling a certain way. And then um, really like what I found is when I lived on my own and, and all the rest of it, I'd be at home and I would be completely fine. Like as in I'd just come home and I'd be like nothing had ever happened kind of. Wow. Yeah. And as soon as I come into like work or other people's energy or whatever, and then having like an open spleen as well, mm. the fear of of the the adrenaline that was in my body from going mm. to certain jobs and things like that, um, really made me quite sick. And so, um, I one of my passions with my work and using human design is actually looking into how you know certain defined or undefined centers and certain gates and things like that make us more susceptible to certain kinds of conflicts conflicts biological conflicts is what we refer to in German medicine yep. is that everything has a biological purpose mm-hmm. and that is there parts of our chart that we can then look at and go actually you're more susceptible to this and this mm-hmm. because of because of the openness because of you know this hasn't been activated or, or whatever it is yep so um yeah just uncovering that like I did I guess I uncovered so much of that on the physical and mental side of things with other modalities that I'm trained in Mm. it wasn't until the human design part of it came in because I'm you know kinesiology is very energetic based very esoteric Mm -hmm. that I really was able to bring the esoteric into the physical and it was like a bridge it like combines the two together Yep. So, you know, I have that anatomy and physiology background and then being able to see how the energy fits in with that is was a total game changer for me in, in being able to see what's, what someone's issue was or where their health yeah. problem lay. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love how I, I just, I'm constantly blown away by how human design can be paired with other modalities. Like just, and just like they can just complement each other so well. Like I just find it like so fascinating so yeah. I'm really curious um, because you're a projector type and you have open solar plexus, obviously um, open sacral and open spleen and open root as well. <laughs> but how, like I know for myself personally, when I've taken on others' emotional energy through my undefined solar plexus as a generator, I need to move my body. That's how I shift that energy and circulate it out of me. Um, if I'm sitting still, it just builds and builds and builds and builds and it's really, really overwhelming. So movement is key for me. But as a projector who they class as a non-energy type, and obviously you don't have any of the um, any of the motors defined, how do you clear emotional energy out of your system? Like how does that work for you? So it's a great question because recently I have learned this has been something that um, I have struggled with my entire life. I used to see spirits and, and things like that when I was a child and then told that wasn't, um, you know, what we do in our family. That's like, totally. you're just being crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I've had like many experiences over, over the years with, with that kind of thing. Um, and then working in the energetic field, uh, I would take on and I would feel in my body what the person's ailment was or condition or whatever, I'd feel that in my body. And then I'd know it had shifted from them, but it would shift to me. And then when you're talking entity-wise and things like that, so I'm actually in the process of working with someone um, that's just, this is all just recently unfolded where it really is just about um, what I was doing was I was trying to like clear up from the body, but it actually comes from, 
the higher self, like the, the mind rather than it's, it's actually really, really difficult to, to explain or to um, put into words what it is. But, yeah. um, you know, I had tried so many different ways to actually to clear that stuff mm. from my body and was being really unsuccessful. Yeah. And I think that a big part of it also is to just like anything, what we feel we heal and being able to rather than being afraid of it, of not wanting to take it on, actually just going, okay, well, it's not mine. I'm just going to let that move through yeah, and let it go, you know, like rather than that resistance of, oh, shit, I need to protect myself because yeah. I think that's where the issue for me was lying was in, in the fear of trying to protect myself. I was actually causing more, more stress. Yeah. So now it's like I can literally just shift energy and just go, no, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. But it's it's like a different um yeah, there's a difference between trying to like put a shield up and protect yourself as opposed to being like this emotional energy or what or the fear or whatever it is, it can like filter through you, but not stay. Almost like it just goes on its journey through your body, but it doesn't stay there. I think for me for like 33 years or something, everyone else's emotional energy just stayed. I didn't know that it could filter through. And then at the very beginning of my um, human design experiment, I was more, um, I was really relieved to find out that I was open in my solar plexus because I was like, oh, like I had identified with being a very emotional person and I would go into very dark, dark places. Um, And I'd really like almost withdraw and go inside myself as a protection. Um, And it's like you just couldn't access me. Like you couldn't get to me. I was that, my thoughts were that dark and my energy was that dense and I was so heavy. Like you just you just couldn't get in. Um, when I found out that I was a non-emotional being and that I could let these things go, there was still a sense of like, um, there was kind of like at the beginning, like a sense of control or something. And I was like, oh, fuck, these emotions are coming at me. Like I've I, I got to, you know, like put up my shield. But now that I've kind of relaxed into it and I've, released a lot and it's been quite a journey but now when I'm in someone's presence and I feel those physical sensations I'm like oh there's someone's emotional energy it's it's not as like it's not as like I need to fix it or I need to or like getting mad at myself because I didn't block it or something it's kind of like okay like you can I just move I just walk to another room walk outside go for a walk go for a swim whatever it's much easier I'm not as um identified with it or mad at myself for taking it on or you know any of that kind of stuff so it really is like it really is a personal journey to get to that point to find out what works for you totally yeah and it's totally based on your chart you you know your gates and what your authority is you know all those things um come into it and so everyone's journey is so is so unique and personal to them and that's you know I think that in terms of being a guide, that that's what we really need to teach people is that, you know, I can give you all these tools and ideas about how you can do such and such, but really it's a case of self-exploration and really finding what it is that um, that works for you. Because, you know, you know, like the whole thing about being a projector is, you know, being a non-energy type, and not, but I've never really resonated with that. I have mm. you know, represented... Um, the state in netball and touch football and things like that when I was younger and I just had like I did mind you night shifts did 
I did swivel quite a bit, but um, who doesn't? Um, but um, yeah, I don't, I, I identify and understand where that comes from because there are points where I just go, oh, I, I got to stop. Like yeah. I actually have nothing left. Yeah. But I, and I listen to my body really, really, really well now, but it's like, yeah, I don't identify with the whole needing to, to rest and sleep all the time. It's, um, it's not like that for me. And having no motor centers, that, that, that I haven't really quite grasped or worked out why that is. And I think it, I believe that it's just because I'm now in alignment. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, that burnout actually is, is when you're not in alignment. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Regardless of what your chart is. Yep. 100%. Yeah. It's it's just the byproduct of it. Whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. you're designed, whatever. It's just yeah. If you're out of alignment, you're going to be on the road to burnout or totally. very highly stressed. Yeah, and that's the thing about that whole needing to protect yourself. Yeah. Then using extra energy to to try and do that. And we are sure we are energetic beings, but we're also physical beings. Yeah. And we can't have one without the other. We can't have this human experience without the physical body. So yeah. we need to like not just focus on the energetic, not just focus on, you know, how this design works. You've got to incorporate that in, into the body. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of brings me to a really good, um, a really good question. It's like, how do you, like, how do you experiment with your human design? Like, could you give us some examples of sort of like real, real life ways that you've sort of incorporated into your life? Mm. Yeah, sure. So I would say let's take relationship as an example. When I started to learn about mine and then also went into um, my ex-partner's design, um, really understanding him through his design, even though I, like, I still didn't gel with the fact that how, you know, how different we are, it was that compassion and understanding of like, oh, well, if I can see that in myself and how I'm that, then that's how he is and that's who he is, you know? Yeah. So really that understanding has been a big part in not getting stuck in that whole, like um, he said, she said, and like the fight over, like the silly things when you are in a, in the separation thing and yeah. actually just seeing them for who they are. And then also, being able to communicate in a better way mm -hmm. that speaks to them, even though it's not in, in the same way anymore. Yeah. So I would say that the more I experimented with my design and, and lived my strategy and authority, the further we, we got apart mm -hmm. um, because that's how it's meant to be. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, whether he's living in alignment or not, it doesn't matter because, because when I was, it showed me that it just wasn't in alignment, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I guess the other thing is that has been a true gift is my little boy is, um, an emotional projector. Mm. And, um, I initially, when he was younger, before I found human design, I, would be so <laughs> that whole amplification when you have an open emotional center. Yep. I was like feeling what he would feel and like 
amplified by a billion, not just mm. double or whatever. It would just be like, I couldn't handle, I couldn't handle his moods. I'd be like, oh my God, what is wrong with him? Yes. <laughs> turn into like this major drama queen. Mm. And I just, but I, but at the same time, I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Why can't I, why can't I deal with, it, with that, those kind of tantrums or emotions or whatever with this two year old? Yeah. And then understanding him and his chart. And then I was like, oh my God. And the moment that I did that, everything changed because yep. I just went, oh wow, babe, come here, honey. Yeah. I'll give you a hug. You just let it out, you know, like, and I, interestingly I knew on a mental level that that's what I should have been doing you know that's what you learn in the whole parenting books or whatever it is like Mm -hmm. in terms of like psychology with with just allowing them to have their emotions yeah but because I was so wrapped up in his emotions I couldn't actually do that but then now when I see it from that other perspective of oh, he's just on his emotional wave and I'm just going to let him ride that out and let him know that I'm here if he needs me. It just changed the dynamic between us and also Mm -hmm. how I deal with his emotions and how I deal with my emotions. It completely, you know, completely changed it. And then the other one is as a 3-5 profile, (laughs) that is... (laughs) My life has, I've literally lived four lifetimes in one so far, I think. And, um, yeah, I was a Contiki tour guide in Europe. Wow. Um, you know, I worked for Contiki over over there for, you know, really four years and just had, like, the party life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, you know, I've been in a um, religious cult for a short period of time, tried that out when I was extremely vulnerable. Like, I literally have had... <laughs> I've been to 67 countries or something like that. Um, and I literally am just, when I saw what 3.5 was all about, I was like, oh, well, that explains <laughs> Right. And then also it was like, well, okay, well, I'm just going to, because I always got so much shit for, for wanting to experiment and try different things and be like, oh, you just can never um, be happy with with one thing. I was like, it's yeah. not that. It's just that I want to try it. Like, yeah. I want to travel and experience these things. And so, you know, things like COVID and being in the lockdowns and my thoughts on all that anyway um, was really, really difficult in 2020 because, mm. um, like, my thing about being free and experiencing things was taken away. Yeah. And then... Luckily, I shifted out of that pretty quickly and was able to see from a different, higher perspective and look, come from a different place. And that's been the biggest blessing of all. Um, but yeah, just accepting that that my journey is always going to be as a three five. It's like I'm just yes. always going to um, experience things whether they're right for me or not, and that's okay. Yes. So yeah. So my son and I are moving to Vanuatu. Um, this year I've made wow. this and um yeah we're just going to start a whole whole new venture there and adventure what a um, what a massive um what a massive like experiment I mean that's what the three is all about isn't it experiment <laughs> to find what works yeah and then and you bring that wisdom to others that's it and he's a one three so he's got the three lines oh, awesome um so yeah just um yeah, so it's just another new invention. I was just like, that's how I make my decisions. I was waiting, like I had two invitations on the one day to move there 
just out of the blue because I yep. asked the universe, okay, what's next? Yeah. And then um, I just was just waiting for that feeling in my G center mm. to come because I, it, felt, it felt right or whatever, but it hadn't clicked. And mm. I was like, I just know that I have to wait. Yeah. I just waited and I waited. And then all of a sudden it just went boom and something shifted and all these things aligned. And I was like, okay. Wow. That's, That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to I have to jump back into some things that you said <laughs> because it was just oh my god, it was also good. So with your um I think this is so important, the relationship you're talking about, um, with your partner, but also with your son, um, and his like emotional wave and not having an understanding of how different you both were, you being completely open and him being defined. Um, which um channel does he have, if you don't mind me asking? Does he have one channel or? Uh, he's got um, the 3313, the uh, 5611, mm-hmm. and the um, 81. So he's got two of the same channels as me, and then he has the, yeah, 5811. Wow. So which one does he have coming off his solar plexus? Uh, oh, um, that's a good question. Uh, it- I can't remember. That's yeah. right. Was it one of the ratchet ones? Hang on a sec. I can tell you. Ask me another question and I'll, okay. uh, <laughs> I'll get back um, to it. The reason I'm asking is because um, the three, so my partner, my eldest son and our daughter are all emotionally defined and they all have the ratchet wave, either one or two of them. <laughs> so it's been a huge player in our life and um, I resonate so much with your story because like I would get so mad and angry at my eldest son. Like he would just walk into my aura and I would just jump down his throat like, and I just felt like I couldn't stop myself. I just nitpicked everything he did. And I, I felt like the worst mom. And I built so many stories and I was just so ashamed of the way that I acted. Um, and it wasn't until human design, I realized that he had a wave and I was just amplifying that. It was just like, oh my God. So did you find it? Yeah, it's yeah. the um, it's the friendship, the uh, 3740. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My partner has that one and my eldest son and my daughter has the other ratchet one. I find it really fascinating because um, when you said like once you understood like you could go to him and hug him, I felt all my life that I, well, not all my life, but like as a mother, that I couldn't be affectionate with my eldest son. Like I just couldn't hug him. And I realised it was actually just me unconsciously trying to protect my energy because I felt his wave, especially when he was really, uh, when his ratchet was about to go off, I felt it so intensely. I literally couldn't be near him. And then the stories and the guilt that I built around that was just like phenomenal. So having this understanding, like a specific example for me would be, um, so our eldest son is defined and our middle son is open. So the difference when they physically hurt themselves is when my eldest son hurts himself, I actually feel it like a shockwave coming off him, like the energy is that intense. And I could never go to him and hug him. And I, if I did go to him, I'd end up yelling at him and he'd end up yelling at me and it'd just be like a big mess. Yet if my youngest or middle son, sorry, if he um, hurt himself, I'd be down on his level. I'd be hugging him, holding space, whatever he needed. I was there. He could cry in my face. Doesn't matter. And, of course, before human design, my eldest son being very switched on, he internalised it as, well, mum doesn't love me. She loves my younger brother more because she won't hug me. And then once I understood human design and I could have, it was an uncomfortable conversation, but it was a conversation that we needed to have because it was obviously causing a divide in our relationship. And I said to him, I said, I, as 
like your mum, I just don't have the capacity to hold your emotion in that moment when you hurt yourself. But if we can experiment with giving a little bit of time for you to move through that, then I'll then I'll come to you and we'll see. So now we know that the shockwaves need to sort of like the ratchet explodes, shockwaves, energetic shockwaves dissipate and I can go towards him. And it's completely shifted our whole relationship and is more of an understanding on his part that it's not because mum doesn't love me, it's just because she can't she doesn't have the capacity right in this moment. And it might sound like really simple, but these day-to-day things I feel like are impacting so many mums who don't know whether they're open or defined. If you know, if if, if you're a mum and you have an emotional wave and your child is really highly emotional, that they're just reacting to your wave. Do you know what I mean? Like it's they're amplifying your wave. So either way it goes, I think it's just so important that um that this becomes more common knowledge because it's I think the bridge to help bridge so many um, relationships and bring so many like people together. Like, as you said, it's helped to heal the relationship between yourself and your son. Yeah, totally. And you know, him, I have like, so the gate of aloneness in gate 40 um, in my, sorry, 40 in my conscious Mercury Yeah, and him having, so that hanging gate and him creating that channel for me is Mm. like, it's like, um, he's the one I've always been waiting for to, you know, not to feel, you know, make me complete because I am complete, but just that feeling of like that where that aloneness comes in Mm -hmm. and also being really conscious of that as well so that it doesn't become, you know, like an addiction kind of thing of, you know, oh, I need to have him around because it does feel like that for me sometimes where, you know, now that we're separated, that was my biggest fear was not having my son, you know, yeah, like the whole time. And um, like even being without him for, for a night was, was super, super difficult for me and that's why I held on for so, for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, but then when I let go and now he's going, you know, the next few years he's going to be with me pretty much 24-7. Wow. That you know, and, and my other half was like, so sorry, my ex-partner was so, um, you know, he was just like, this is an amazing opportunity. You've, you've just wow. got to go and, um, and experience it. And I never, ever, I wasn't even going to bring it up because I didn't think he would ever go for it. Yeah. Um, wow. And yeah, when I went, so you know that it's right. You know that it's in alignment when, when all those things just unfold as they're meant to. And there's, there's no trying. Yes. Yeah, you know, and the resistance and the and the blocks, like the roadblocks, kind of fall away. You know that you're on the right path. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I yeah. feel like, um, I feel like myself that I was not raised, but like just the cultural belief. I assume that um, when I came to human design, that I'd be a manifester because I'm like initiating all over the place, and I'm like, oh, I'm a generator. I'm supposed to wait to respond, and it just was like wow like just that I didn't realize how much energy it was taking for me to initiate and then to push because it wasn't correct for me so I really had to like gather my energy and really push through to kind of get anywhere and that like letting go is just like it's just relief (laughs) I just so much relief um magic oh absolutely absolutely so um I know for myself, like when I first started human design, I really, I had built such a big identity around being an emotional person. So when I learned that I was non-emotional, 
I was at first really relieved and then I was really um, like really shocked because it was, I've heard a lot in the human design community, they speak about um, like the shattering, like the deconditioning and shattering of the, um, of your old identity kind of thing. And the word shattering, I find very, it's a very intense word. I think for myself personally, it felt like a cracking open like a shell cracking open. Like I'd build this really hard shell. Like I am an emotional person. And then when I realized I wasn't, it was kind of like relief and then shock. And then it was just like a crack crack open to start to fall away all those emotions that I'd um, carried for so many years. So did you sort of have an experience of that, of sort of like um, a shock to your identity at the beginning or at any time through your experiment? I guess it would be hard to say because Letting go of the ego that's attached to being um, a federal agent (laughs) Um, when you're so indoctrinated in that world and that you are it 24-7, you you never really, you know, even if when you're off duty, you're not off duty. And, um, you know, that was how I I identified myself for for such a long time Mm. that letting go of that because I was letting go of that at the same time, it probably wasn't as um, obvious to me Yeah. Um, because it's just like, well, actually I'm just letting go of and that and also being brought up um, a Catholic and mm. in a big farming family and things like that. And I'm like, I love the beach and I'm total hippie and you know, <laughs> I don't use Western medicine, <laughs> you know, all these <laughs> things. And it's like, I just could not be more different. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I guess for me, really, it just felt like that whole, like, that cloak that you're wearing was just, like, fell to the floor. It was more, rather than a shattering, for me, it was just like, oh, my God, I've always known this. Mm. And now I have confirmation and permission. That's really the best way I can describe it. It was just like, oh, my God, thank you, universe. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I only have a couple of friends who um, understand human design and only one other that really lives it. Mm. Um, And so I have found it really challenging with friendships. Um, A lot of them um, are generators or manifesting generators and um, have been really open to hearing about it and and things like that if if I've been invited to. yeah just the little phrases of is it okay if I share or whatever it is it just it's just such a big game changer because I've done so many courses and things in my life like so many different modalities and all the rest of it and just um like I can (laughs) totally it's this like total cringeworthy feeling that I would have when I finally saw it from the other side and I'd be like oh god that was so me I was like such a fucking know-it-all like (laughs) I know that like just like oh hello opinion city and then just going and then just allowing myself to feel disappointed in myself then just going okay cool now that I have that awareness and now that I'm going to experiment in not doing that, oh, my God, people like me so much more. I could work out why, like, I'd piss people off or whatever it is. <laughs> and now I totally understand why. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't really care if I just pissed you off. Like, in, if I'm living by my strategy and authority, it's, um, it's oh, well, oh, well, that's your problem. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, oh God, there's just, there are, there's just so many things. And the other one, I guess, is the whole, I have so much leadership in my, in my chart mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've always felt that for want of a better word, power, mm-hmm. um, but I've never had the confidence to, to step into it until now. And yes. also to just use my voice because of, you know, looking at my, um, my throat center there. It's um, so defined and, yeah. yep. and I really do just speak from the soul and I never, mm. um, I've done workshops and things that I never plan because it, I know that if I plan it, it won't go right because it's coming yeah. from, from my head and I just speak as, as I am now and whatever comes out, comes out. Mm. The Incarnation Cross um, has been a really big part of it for me and also using it for my clients for them to really understand you know why they're here and what their purpose is Mm -hmm. you know so mine really is all about that being able to see the patterns where something's come from why it is the way it is and then the trajectory that it's going on if it's not changed Mm -hmm. um which works perfectly with with what I do so it was kind Mm -hmm. of like I was like oh that's that's super cool and that um you know when we did a course with Emma yep um the whole thing about the sphinx is that when people come to to the sphinx that things are about to change and so I'm really moving into a space of like transformational coaching kind of work Mm. and so knowing that whoever chooses to come to me when you know like when I when all that unfolds I know that they're going to have that big shift just based on the fact of my incarnation cross yeah they're there for that reason at that time like it's all about divine timing and Mm. yeah I guess that gives me so much more confidence in in myself and my abilities and just trusting my gifts yeah I love that and I, um, I just wanted to highlight something that you said a bit earlier because I think it's so important. Um, I'm like, I'm not a projector myself, but when you were saying, um, like, waiting for the invitation, so you asked, like, oh, I've noticed something. Is it okay if I share? And then obviously they receive that a lot better. Um, I have the channel of judgment, so the 1858, and like my whole life, especially since I've gone through my awakening, like I can see things like. I can see the things that need to change. So I was like diving right in there, <laughs> giving my opinion. And that channel is a um is a projected channel. So now when I once I understood that, I was like, oh, I should just ask if they are open to me sharing. Mm. And then it was like, oh, it's received so much better. Like my partner's not like looking at me like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> or, like, don't talk to me about that. Like it's just such a simple reframe, but it really does affect so much of your life, especially when you can when like you have the ability like you do to see past patterns and things that need to change and you just want to say it and it's not received like it does create a lot of a lot of angst so I think just that simple reframe um is just like so important totally and also not speaking yeah Um, because you know like as a SPP, like <laughs> it's like with my throat defined, blah, 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 blah. yeah. Um, but then just choosing when you're in a group environment, and normally I would have like wanted to jump in when I could see something and like you know have have my say or whatever it was. 
and then just sitting back and observing and just going like not speaking was amazing like (laughs) it really like I guess you know when you talk about alignment and energy that I guess a lot of my energy was used in that in that in the wrong way before that I was like wasting my my energy Mm. because I didn't need to speak and just listening has just been so powerful and and knowing that um you know I don't have to solve everyone's problems Like this, I was at my little boy's party on the weekend and someone had said something and I, and I could see exactly what, you know, what was happening or what, and I just went, walk away, Ali. And I did. I just turned around and walked away. I was like, I'm out. Because it's not your fight. And it's like, it's almost like that permission to give your ego or your head to be like, it's not my fight. Like, I can walk away. It's okay. Yeah. I was just like, okay, that's your journey, babes. So yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh gosh. I think just the way that you can use your understanding of human design in everyday life, like there's just, I feel like we could like record like a million hours of how many ways that it's useful and how many like fights it stops or like, you know, arguments or, you know, un- misunderstandings or all these type of things. Like I'm, um, I have an open throat myself. So really understand that sometimes I don't want to speak. Like I just, I just don't want to speak at all. And now but my partner is always like, was always asking me a lot of questions. And I'll be like, now I'm just like, I actually don't feel like speaking like at all. <laughs> and he's like, okay, <laughs> like it's, it's just an understanding of he thought something was wrong if I wasn't speaking. Yeah. And I'm like, I just actually don't feel like speaking. There's just nothing there. Um, and it's, yeah, like you said before, it's just a permission slip. So um, just as we sort of draw it to an ending, I'd just like to ask three quick questions. So um, if you could go back sort of and give yourself advice at the start of your human design journey, um, what tip would you give yourself? Don't be a three, five and jump in and want to know everything all at once. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like I had like sleepless nights because I'd want to be up going, oh, oh, I want to know what that is in that gate and oh, the gene keys and like I bought every goddamn book, you know, like I literally just went, but just let it unfold <laughs> oh you took the words out of my mouth I'm like a I'm a five one so I'm like when I first came human design I was like bam I was like in everything like podcasts books resources courses like I was just all of it and it was just like whoa like I was so overloaded with information that I actually couldn't really fully experiment because I was just too busy up in my mind thinking about it all rather than actually feeling it in my body um, yeah. So I think that's a super, like, really, really important tip. Um, how do you think your design is a superpower for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, understanding, you know, the whole waiting, like wanting to be recognised. You know, my whole my whole thing was I wanted to be like a famous singer when I was um, when I was younger. Yeah. That was my, my life goal. Um, and, you know, obviously like the, the throat and all the rest of it. But really, um, I really feel like my my superpower is, is what I said before, is about being able to really see, like be exceptional in being able to see what someone's issue is or what someone's health problem is mm. or what their um, misalignment is in terms mm. of, whether it be health or career or life or relationship or whatever it is 
um, being able to see that so quickly and mm. then being able to, you know, show where they can take that. Yeah, that's amazing. And I feel like as I'm listening to you speak and um, they say people speak their design, like just hearing you talk and I'm looking at all your open centres and I was like, oh, wow, like you're so here to guide. <laughs> like you just, you can just feel into people so deeply. Um, so my last question would be, and it may be tricky to narrow it down, but what would your number one recommended human design book or resource be? Hmm. yourself mm. holy yes <laughs> oh my god I love it that is so powerful Ah, <laughs> oh. I'm just I don't even know if I can ask anyone else this question ever again because I'll be like Alex just got the answer <laughs> yeah because you know no book or anything can tell you who you are yeah Oh, God. Oh, all the goosebumps. I love it. I love that so much. Thank you. And last one, how can people connect with you? I've loved our chat today. So how can people find you if they want to connect? Sure. Um, my Instagram handle is Ali underscore McKelvey, or you can find me at the Holistic, the holistic Investigator as well. I'm, I've got two Insta handles, um, or AliMcKelvey.com. Amazing. With all That's my awesome. different modalities and offers and things like that on there. Oh, that's incredible. And I'll pop all those details in the show notes as well. Um, but wow, thank you. This has been You're such so a welcome. fun chat. It was amazing. So thank you so much for coming on. You're so welcome, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me. Really no worries. Thanks for listening to the Human Design Experiment Podcast. I hope there was parts of this story that resonated with you. And if you liked the episode, please hit the subscribe button and share the episode with a friend. If you want to dive deeper into your own human design experiment, please follow me on Instagram where you'll find my course offerings. The link is in the show notes below. See you next episode.